Welcome in, Lineup Logic fans. I'm back. This is your boy, Quafo Adakwa, otherwise known as Spartanzilla. Gonna give you a bit of a 2019-2020 DFS preview on the first edition of the Fantasy Fast Break for this year. Um, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back at it. Uh, rocking and ready to go. Want to get the season started off right because the season starts on Tuesday uh, with the defending champs uh, and the Raptors hosting um, and raising some banners. And we have obviously the Lake Show on Tuesday as well. Um, it should be a very, very fun season. A lot of people are excited for that, including my special guests. And some of you guys have probably been uh, wondering who this special guest is. I've been talking to you guys in chat and trying to figure out. Um, you guys have been trying to guess who it might be. Could it be Sean? No, it's not Sean. Unfortunately, I know Sean is a you know had a, had a quite the following and I'm trying to follow in his footsteps the right kind of way. So hopefully, I'm doing that with today's guest, none other than from the the Detroit News and also from I believe it's Rod and Real new podcast. I have none other than Rod Beard. Rod, how are you doing today? I am excellent. Thanks for having me on. Uh, an auspicious introduction. I don't know if it's worthy of all of that, but nevertheless, it is what it is. <laughs> no, I think uh, uh, we were talking pre-show a little bit before. Uh, your your reputation precedes you in the DFS community, so everyone knows uh, so some of those beat writers across the league to follow. I think you're at the top of the charts in terms of people uh, trying to you know understand this game of DFS and try to get involved in it. And uh, I know the community, I speak for a lot of people in the community, we appreciate your work and time and effort on uh, just um, embracing some of us, uh, some of us folks that are involved in DFS. So we thank you for that, and uh, hope you have a little fun with us here on this episode of uh, of the Fantasy Fast Break. Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm trying to learn more, and every time I do uh, a different podcast or talk to different people about it, they give me a little nugget that I didn't know before. So hopefully, we'll come across a couple of things like that too. No doubt, no doubt. Rod, for those that are uninitiated. Briefly, 30-second review, kind of your work, so people know kind of your credentials. That if the, if they don't know, I don't know where they've been, but a little bit about your credentials and kind of what you do in your daytime. Uh, I work for the Detroit News. My job is covering the Pistons as the beat writer. This is my fifth season covering them, and I covered Michigan basketball for five years before that, and then just with the news, another eight years prior to all of that. So 18 years told with the news, but the last five covering Pistons, and I've just recently gotten into DFS stuff and just trying to understand what folks want uh, from a beat writer. And if, even if it's just starters and injuries and maybe expected minutes, those types of things, if that's all people want, I'm more than willing to give those pieces of information if I can get them. And when did you kind of think um... – when did you kind of know that this DFS thing was kind of a deal? Uh, you know, uh, you know, I know you're pretty active on Twitter. When did you kind of understand, like, whoa, people really kind of care about beyond just the X's and O's of what's happening in the locker room. They really want to know what's happening from a lineup perspective and all this stuff in this DFS thing. When did, when did that kind of uh, get into your, your kind of knowledge or stream of consciousness? Well, I think probably two years ago when the Pistons had Ish Smith and Boban Marjanovic, <laughs> and Boban is a, a DFS god yes, um, on is. a point-per-minute basis. So that was one of the weird tweets that came across was asking, hey, how many minutes do you think Boban's going to get tonight? I'm like, this is ultra weird. That <laughs> I, mean, I, I get Boban has his own cult following and people care about what he does, but how many minutes is he going to play? I don't know, 12, 15? Right. I don't know. Behind Drummond, you, you generally aren't going to get a lot. 
So there were more of those questions and more of the Ishmith type things. And the more questions I got about how many minutes somebody's going to play, it just piqued my interest a little bit more to dig into what they were really trying to get to. And the more I asked, the more people said, hey, it's about DFS. And um, the more I got into it and started those questions, the more questions I got. And it was I'm DFS friendly. And then it was more tweets. And after I kind of really got into it and started doing, I think I did one just quick column of, hey, here's some guys you can look at on the Pistons. It might have been 3,000 followers in one day because the, the entire huge of the DFS community, the DraftKings folks, the FanDuel folks, everybody just came over and really welcomed me in with open arms and that I was even open to talking about it as a beat writer because so many people had shunned the entire community and not even shunned as in, hey, I don't want to talk about it, but hey, you freak away from my time i don't even want to talk about it yeah exactly exactly so um that being said we know we know and we appreciate i'm gonna speak for a lot of the folks in the community we appreciate your work on this effort for the for the listeners and the lineup logic followers and again for those that are not followers what in the world are you waiting for lineup logic for just ten dollars a month you can go ahead and access all the tools and tips and uh these podcasts and everything you have it under the sun uh, patreon.com slash lineup logic but for those uninitiated um you know in the dfs landscape again we appreciate you um doing the work you're doing and for today's episode i really just wanted to focus on because it's the beginning of the season a lot of things a lot of thoughts it's kind of a fresh start for people and for dfs um wanted to kind of touch on uh, the two conferences break them down a little bit for folks we're going to go over a couple stars for those folks that are not necessarily uh most people know that most of the NBA stars and, and pretty much that correlates with DFS plays, but want to talk a little bit about those, want to go under the radar and look for some of those players. Who's that next breakout star? So we'll talk a little bit about that today. We'll hit on some rookies that uh, you want to watch and want to put in your lineups on a regular basis, especially in the early part of the season where there can be an edge to be gained. And then uh, we'll give a few season predictions sure to go wrong. So Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Rod, I bet Rod is probably better on this than I am in terms of the uh, season predictions. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. But we're gonna. We're, this is you know once once this is uploaded, it's there for for uh, posterity. So we'll everybody will be able to go back and look at that. So hopefully, uh, we'll go there. So sounds good to you, Rod? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right, let's get going. So we'll start out west because uh, you know Rod and I here kind of in, in the Eastern Conference kind of area, but we'll start in the west for folks. Um, we we know the two heavyweights right now in, in the in the city of angels of the Lakers and the Clippers, um, and and they're going to have DFS plays basically their star players on a nightly basis. So in the, in the person of LeBron and Anthony Davis, and obviously with the Clippers when he's healthy, Paul George, and then also Kawhi Leonard. Um, the focus for me is not really on those two teams because that's kind of known, right? If you play this game, if you know this game, that's not really my focus. There's a couple teams out west that I think are going to be good from a DFS perspective. Again, broad-based overview, sitting here on October 20th, trying to uh, identify what's going to be good from a landscape perspective and, and what plays that people might not be on, especially in the early stages. So for me, those four teams are the Dallas Mavericks, the New Orleans Pelicans, Utah Jazz, and Denver Nuggets. I'll take them in order. For me, Dallas uh, with, with Porzingis, and Luka Doncic, uh, just a, a lethal combo. You have some other ancillary pieces in Brunson and, and some of these other guys there. Um, a really good nucleus starting uh, in Dallas. And I think on a nightly basis, um, people are going to be a little bit hesitant to play Porzingis. And I'm, I'm sure the Mavs are going to 
do a little bit of uh, easing him in. Although in the preseason, it looks like he got a lot of minutes uh, going off kind of some of those la- those last games. So between Doncic and Porzingis, I think two solid plays. Try to get them now early in the season when people are not on them and, and load up on them. The talent is definitely there. Uh, with respect to the Pelicans, they're kind of my sleeper team in the West. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they're uh, they're definitely a team on the rise. You know, the uh, new injury news with Zion is a little bit concerning with the knee injury early early before we've even started um, activity. So I'm a little concerned there. But overall, I like the rest of the pieces that uh, New Orleans has. Obviously, pulling off the, the trade to, to ship out uh, the, the brow and getting in uh, Lonzo and the rest of those ex-Lakers. I think they're really going to be good from a DFS perspective. Uh, Drew Holiday, Lonzo, Ingram, a lot of good pieces there. Um, uh, on the uh, Pelican side. So really think they're going to be a team that will probably start to p- gain popularity as we get into the uh, second and third week of this uh, this NBA season. With the Jazz, obviously adding Mike Conley and uh, adding in, and obviously Donovan Mitchell uh, coming off kind of the disappointment of uh, Team USA basketball over the summer. I think he's probably going to have something to prove and go bear. And Utah is kind of the sleeper pick for a lot of teams, a lot of people to uh, to make it to the finals this year. So we'll see there. But a lot of DFS goodness, a lot of guys that will fill up the stats for you. And then finally, the Denver Nuggets, so also oh, close last year um, in their run, uh, turning things around. Uh, Nikola Jokic, um, just what can more can be said from DFS perspective? He's a god. Um, from a pure basketball perspective, probably the best passing big man in the league. Uh, you pair him with Jamal Murray, who's coming to his own. And obviously, because it is Spartanzilla talking to you, i got to love Gary Harris in that backcourt as well. Uh, <laughs> you, Rod, you'll see a theme. There's a theme here, right? That's the mnemoniker. There's a theme here with the with the, uh, with the the MSU love. But Gary Harris, among others, Will Barton, uh, the, the, the squad there, Paul Millsap, a lot of usable DFS parts from time to time. So, those are my focus on the Western Conference team. Rod, uh, anything I said there, I know it's kind of a lot there. Anything I said that sticks out to you or maybe some other Western Conference elements that we're not thinking about uh, from a nightly basis? Well, I, I would start with Dallas. and I, I think there are some other pieces that are there. I really like Tim Hardaway Jr. as a play uh, because he's going to get a lot of open shots. The defenses are going to be geared way toward – uh, Chris Stapps and way toward Luka Doncic, and it's going to leave him just some open shots. And we've seen him in New York play a secondary role. But with this, I think he uh, defenses will be pushed so far the other way. He'll be able to get a lot of he'll have a lot of good 20, 25 point nights. So just depending on the salary for him, uh, that's somebody that you can look at on a night to night basis. If you have a, a hole that you need to plug and that's a salary spot that fits in for you. I'd look at Tim Hardaway Jr. as one of those guys that could really have maybe a most improved type season, maybe a guy under the radar like that. And then Boban will play a lot more minutes there in Dallas because of the the roster construction that they have. And we, we've seen what he can do, but now he's added a three-point shot to his uh, repertoire. So in addition to the rebounds, in addition to the scoring and the efficiency that he has, he'll give you a couple extra points if he hits a three or two every game or every once in a while. But I think already – his reputation precedes him. And if you're adding threes to that, it just makes him a little bit more dominant. It's just going to be a question of touches with him and, and how much they give him the ball with that second group. Very good. Very good. Uh, any thoughts on new Orleans? Uh, you kind of share that same opinion or do you uh, think, um, what are your thoughts on new Orleans and the, and the Pelicans and what they've done with the organization and, 
and kind of the framework of their team. I, I like what they did also in just having to rebuild. And if you ship out a star, you've got to bring in some other disparate pieces to make it all work. They did that. The guy I'd watch there is the rookie, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, that a lot of teams were drooling over in that first round. Uh, but it looks like he's had a good preseason so far, and that's a guy who can really have a breakout. Maybe not rookie of the year, but he'll open some eyes as maybe the guy that a lot of teams passed on. As a team, I don't know how well they're going to do, but DFS, by definition, isn't focused on team uh, achievement necessarily. But you got J.J. Redick there. You've got um, Brandon Ingram, guys, again, who were second on other teams, that if the salary is right and the numbers are right, those are guys that you can pick up on a night-to-night basis that will give good production. Very good, very good. And those last two teams, Utah. And Jackson, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, I'll give you one more. Jackson Hayes, that, um, that rookie yeah. uh, 6'11 kid out of Texas, he can be a rebounding machine, and he's like a pogo stick. He will get to the rim and finish. He's very athletic, too. That's another guy that, depending on the night, and, and you've got one small slot you've got to fill, and you just don't know who you're picking between him and – um, a sack of rice, well, you, you can go Jackson Hayes and feel pretty comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, a, that's a nice nice pick. And I think he's going to, again, be under the radar. And especially now, in the early part of the season with Zion out, you know, he's going to get minutes probably at the four and the five. Like you said, Jackson Hayes, super athletic kid out of Texas. Um, really is. Again, I really like what New Orleans has done with their, with their team. So they're a team on the rise for sure. So um, anything else out west, Rod? No, I think you hit on all of the major things, and and um, I'd watch how the Clippers do. I don't know if they're going to go full bore from the very beginning and try to run right out the gates with their full um, roster and, and play at 100%. I think they may just try to ease into it a little bit. Well, that's something to watch, first couple of weeks, first couple of games, to see how that goes. Yeah, definitely, and, and in, for DFS, the big thing is uh... – Minutes equals money uh, in terms of uh, people playing, uh, giving you the chance to win to get on the court. So want to look at those rotations, obviously, with a guy like Paul George out and maybe some load management with Kawhi in the early part of the season. So there's definitely some yeah. val- some value plays, you know, uh, on, on the Clippers uh, side of the ball. So, all right, let's move out east to where we have uh, all that familiarity. Uh, we know the teams at the top, the Bucks, the 76ers, Perhaps the Celtics, as much as it pains me to talk about the Boston Celtics, for those that, <laughs> that know my allegiance. Uh, the defending champs and the Raptors will still be competitive. You have Indiana, and then you have obviously the team uh, uh, Rod is most familiar with. I want to focus on four Eastern Conference teams because uh, we could be here all day talking hoops. We love hoops, so we want to kind of hone in on for you. Um, starting with Milwaukee, um, a team that was, uh, again, very close last year to – Getting the NBA Finals, they have uh, arguably the best player in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, they have Chris Middleton off the the new contract. Um, they have Eric Bledsoe, who needs to figure out how he's going to play and how he's going to work and, and if he's going to be a valuable piece, probably more so in the playoffs than the regular season. Um, those are some, some nightly pieces. And you got a guy like Pat Connington, who uh, DFS seems to like and, and enjoy in a points-per-dollar basis when he's going to get run so he's another piece for milwaukee um uh, but that's sort of where it stops and starts for me in large part with with the bucks and you know brooke lopez that type of stuff i mean they have they have some pieces they're going to be competitive clearly they're probably going to be there at the you know when we get into april and may um but from a dfs perspective it's probably just Giannis and, and middleton most nights for me um off the buck squad 
If I look at the 76ers, and we'll get into them a little bit later, I really like this team if health if health allows. Uh, obviously, Simmons and Embiid are there. Um, they picked up Richardson um, in the uh, offseason as well from Miami. And then we have um, the addition of Al Horford, who is a DFS staple. He is solid as they come. Um, he's going to solidify uh, that, that, that whole team, you know, both off the court and probably for, from wins and losses perspective. And he was a thorn in their side in the playoffs uh, the last several years. And so adding him in the mix, uh, I, I like him. Usually he's reasonably priced on both of the major sites. So he's always a good a play for a double-double and getting those bonuses, especially on something like a, a, like DraftKings. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, if you're looking to fill in uh, a lineup, and get you know maybe a utility piece or a centerpiece. I, I do like Mr. Horford. Uh, then we come to the champs. Obviously losing Kawhi hurts, but they still have some pieces. They just gave uh, Siakam a nice contract. Uh, Kyle Lowry got extended a little bit as well. And then you have um, you know you have a few other pieces and Fred VanVleet um and and the like uh Gasol still in the mix Ibaka still in the mix I think Siakam we we saw his breakout and now he's got the security of the contract I don't think this is a guy that's going to be fat and happy I think he's definitely uh on on pace and on track to be a star in the league it's it's just there the ability jumps off at you at the pace so he's a guy that you you might want to start playing in lineups early with Siakam because he's going to be very high priced when we get to probably uh, Thanksgiving or into the first part of December. So there's that. That's uh, that's kind of Toronto. They'll be competitive. Um, you know, losing Kawhi hurts, but they'll be competitive in the East. And then, of course, my beloved, the team of my youth, the Detroit Pistons, uh, with Blake Griffin, with Andre Drummond, with whatever they're going to do with Reggie Jackson. Um, you know, uh, Derek Rose, a very solid addition to this team. Um, you know, they have, uh, I think, Christian Wood, and I know, um, Rod will get into this a little bit more. I think Wood has shown up well in the uh, in the preseason. He played well in his previous stops in the league, so he's another nice piece they have as well. Uh, the Pistons have some 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 punch from a DFS perspective. Obviously, a lot of the offense focuses around Mr. Griffin and and then and, and, and Dre doing what he does, uh, cleaning up the glass. But I think they're a team that's going to contend for the six, seven, eight spot in the East. Uh, a team that you can use for DFS purposes on most nights as well. Um, and a lot of useful pieces. So uh, let's end with the Pistons, Rob. But what about uh, Milwaukee, Philly, or Toronto? Anything there that I might have missed or players that uh, our DFSers should probably be look, looking to roster? I like Tobias Harris for the, the Sixers. I think he may try to slide into that scoring role that Jimmy Butler left when he went to Miami. So those points are going to have to come from somewhere else. And you'll get some from Horford. I think I agree he is very much a DFS stat stuffer. But the, the scoring and that those extra shots have to go somewhere else. And I don't think Simmons is going to be that type of three-point volume shooter. Paris can be. He can do a lot from the, from the inside. He was just that additional piece. But I think he'll, he'll slide over and be more of that impact scorer this year. So Harris is a guy I'd, I'd look at. And I just don't know how the mix is going to work for Toronto with Siakam and with Kyle Lowry you would think that Lowry would get a little bit more of that Siakam I don't know how much more of a volume scorer he can be and a a better rebounder he can be after the year he had last year is there a next step for him to take from a statistical perspective that really impacts DFS 
not too sure about that. But I like your idea of just at least stacking on that early in the beginning of the year, jumping on that just to see what the salaries are and, and how that's going to um, be gauged and how that's going to move as the season progresses. No doubt, no doubt. And then we've come to the team that you follow 82 nights and hopefully in the in the April and May with this team, the Detroit Pistons. What are some of the key elements uh, from a from a player perspective that we ought to focus on the Pistons, some of the storylines with the Detroit Pistons? Well, all indications are that Christian Wood is going to make the roster. He was in that um, competition for the final, the 15th spot with Joe Johnson. But if Christian Wood, in fact, has made this roster by the, all the Christian Wood stock that you can, uh, because he's going to be priced really low to start out, and it looks like he'll get those backup minutes behind Drummond and may even get some of the power forward minutes too. But he is a stat machine. He's going to rebound. He's going to score inside. He's added the three to his uh, repertoire also. He's a guy in the preseason. I think he was 13 points and seven rebounds, and he only played about 19 or not even 19. I think of 17 minutes, something silly like that, that he was just a production machine. So the more that he's going to play, the more they build confidence and trust in him, the better he's going to be in terms of that production. And there are plenty of minutes in that front court for him, especially with Blake Griffin probably being on some type of low management and missing a few more games than he did last year, that the Markeith Morrises, the Christian Woods, Drummond's going to play the same number of minutes. They're not going to increase him by any stretch at all. So I think those lesser guys, those secondary guys on the front court are ones that you can really look at if Griffin is, in fact, going to play less. Very good, very good. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, again, those that are involved in, in the industry and playing know know the story, the, the tale of Christian Wood. So um, I'm glad that uh, that that uh, the insider actually sees it that way as well. And then I always find myself rostering a lot of Blake Griffin, make my way over to LCA and and watch games. So it's kind of a fun little thing to to watch the players that you're rostering and and go from there. So I, I, you know, I'm bullish on the Pistons if that is a good pun to use considering that's an old rival of theirs but i'm bullish on the pistons yeah and i'll give you drummond too because it looks like they're going to use him a little bit more on the perimeter and if, if people remember back when stan van gundy was a coach uh when reggie jackson got injured they put drummond out on the perimeter and he was initiating the offense some so those assist numbers went up a little bit but his rebounding numbers never went down when he was out there at the top of the key a little bit more. So I think if he can do that, he might give you three assists a game, two to three assists a game. And that might be those extra couple of points that you're looking for at that same value, that value number in in the salary is going to stay the same, but he can give you two to three more points on assists. The the rebound numbers stay the same. And he might even be better from a scoring perspective too, with the minutes that he's going to play with Derrick Rose. I think there's a little bit more to scrape off from from Drummond in terms of what he can give you at that value number. But again, a lot of times his number is his salary number is so high that you get a little bit scared off that he's going to give you that five X on that. I think he can do it this year. I feel a little bit better about his ability to deliver. And you you heard it there from from a guy who should know. So let's move on, uh, Rod, for these folks that maybe you're new. Maybe this is the first time in some podcast. Maybe. And if you are welcome. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for downloading and listening. Um, if you're new to the sport, it's it's unlike some of the other sports that you might play from a DFS perspective in terms of, again, minutes matter and stars matter in this league. And it's a really, in in a lot of ways, you know, you're really discounting for value. But 
I thought it would be remiss if we didn't start, you know, just thinking about some of the stars that are basically going to be locks for your roster almost every night. So your James Hardens and your Russell Westbrooks of the world, uh, pretty much all the people you see in commercials, your Steph Curry's, your Anthony Davis and LeBron James, just going to be lethal in Los Angeles, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, the league is filled with stars. We're blessed with a lot of stars. And so uh, if you're starting off, a good way to build your roster is to try to figure out um, and, and some people have taken this approach to what they call the stars and scrubs approach, right? So you get these players I'm naming off these top guys, uh, and, and you know, Giannis is in that mix. There's a handful of 10 guys that you can count on consistent points. And you pay, maybe you make your roster, depending on the site you're at, with one or two of those guys. And you fill in with some of these other players that we've talked about, some of these mid-level players. And that's one approach that has, has proven to be benefit. There is no... I should say there's no one approach that obviously wins because if there was, uh, there'd be a lot of people uh, doing that and, and winning successfully. That You want to mix and match. You want to go through a lot of different uh, iterations of, of how you build your rosters and kind of take the night as it comes and, and remember that um, you know it is a, it's, it's a bit of a game of chance. So uh, stars are a, a key component of building your roster. Um, usually on, on, on nights when those stars go off, if you don't have them, you're likely not going to cash. So uh, think about building a stars and scrub approach on on some nights and vary that out uh, with some nights with a more balanced light, a more balanced approach, and and putting a guy like Tobias Harris in your lineup, and and playing with a you know lineup of those kind of players. So just be mindful of stars. Stars rule the NBA. Stars uh, are what drive the league, um, and more so than baseball or hockey or even football, stars are are, are where the dollars at. Any thoughts on that, Rod? Yeah, I, I like that approach. And the thing that I always caution folks is to look at certain matchups. On a nightly basis, Drummond is usually a good play, but there are certain nights that are better nights. When he Obviously, when he plays Joel Embiid, the numbers don't quite look the same. But when he plays Carl Anthony Towns, it's you can put on a, a bib and an, an apron because you're going to feast that night because he does when he plays Carl Anthony Towns. So look at those head-to-head matchups with guys and maybe what the history of that is. There are plenty of sites where you can find uh, a lot of that information. But, yes, you want to roster your stars, but then you want to look at are they on the second night of a back-to-back. You want to look at how they've done traditionally, uh, even that season, against that particular team. And you can get a lot more information that's there. Some of it is just haphazard, but from everybody that I've talked to, a little bit of research can save you from making a bad mistake on who you're rostering and who you're fading on a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Do your research, put in the time and effort, and, and the results will be there for sure. I mean, this is, it's 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 in some ways a game of chance. Obviously, we're not controlling the players and their abilities and what they're doing on the court, but doing the research, and as Rod just laid out so artfully, probably better than I did, in terms of just understanding matchups, understanding what's happening, understanding the schedule and how that plays a role in the activities are all very, very important things. As we flip to that and to go from stars, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the players I think are under the radar and set to have breakout seasons. Among them, because it's Spartanzilla and i got to stay on brand, Jaron Jackson Jr., the kid has all sorts of talent. I think he's 21. It might, just, it might be 20, actually, this year, coming into the second season. If he can stay on the court and stay out of foul trouble, he is he's going to be a star in the league. I, I have no question about that. Uh, Brandon Ingram, give the new change of scenery, kind of knowing that early on he's going to be a focal point in the offense with uh, Drew Holiday. I like Ingram. I like Lonzo, his, his, his partner there in crime. Zach Collins from Portland. Deontay Murray and Lonnie Walker from San Antonio. 
Shea Gilligan-Alexander now with OKC, learning under Chris Paul. I think he's set for a breakout year. And uh, I think that's kind of my list of under-the-radar guys. Um, any thoughts on those, Rod, or guys that uh, I may have left off uh, after my under-the-radar kind of team? Yeah, I, I think all of those guys are, are wonderful guys to watch. And, and this is always a, a hit-or-miss sort of thing. I like Jonathan Isaac from Orlando also, that he's really poised – that uh, to have another breakout year, he's got the rebounding, uh, almost a seven-foot guy, but he's stretching out to three now. And I think Orlando's starting to figure some of these things out where uh, with Vucevic, with Aaron Gordon, uh, with Isaac coming in there now, they got a very versatile front court where any of those guys can step out on the perimeter and do things. But Isaac, I think, really is a guy could be almost a, a most improved player um, or breakout year type player, too. Uh Patrick Beverly is a name that's we, you've talked about the Clippers and, and how all of that shakes out. But the residual piece of that, I think he benefits from having all of those other guys around him. He'll get the minutes. But again, when, as defenses shift and other guys can benefit from that, he'll be one of those guys, I think, that steps up and, and starts to um, assert his stardom, too, with the rest of those guys. So those are just a couple of other names that, in addition to the ones you said, because there is some repetition there. Yeah, and, and love the Isaac pick. Yeah, he was uh, you know playing a little preseason DFS. He was a guy rostered nightly, and he he did not disappoint. And I think you are totally on 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 the mark with that. I think he is he is set for a definite super breakout year. Another guy in that Orlando front court. I'm wondering your thoughts on. He was injured most of last year, but Mo Bamba, uh, pretty low price to start. I think the talent is there. He's going to spell Vucevic a bit. Uh, he may, you know, take Vooch's place, you know, when there's um, if Vooch gets traded, if Orlando's not contending, which I do think they'll contend, but uh, he may spell Vooch a lot, and he may, you know, be a 20, 22 minute a night guy, and at usually his depressed DFS price, I think Mo Bamba's a guy we might want to look at as well. I don't know what your thoughts on on Mo. No, I agree, and and defensively, he'll give you uh, some other things too. It's just a question of how many minutes they're going to split up between those guys because they do have a crowded front court um, part of their roster, how they slice those minutes, who plays together and how all of that um, shakes out. Cause again, if you, in that second quarter, if you can split some time with the starters, that's certainly going to benefit you more than being maybe the seventh or eighth guy off the bench. And then you're playing mostly with that second group and you're not going to have that same benefit. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to shift our focus really quick to the young players in the league that are joining the league Obviously, all the hype is there for Mr. Zion Williamson, the generational talent coming in after the one year at Duke, which, by the way, he was his college career was ended by my Spartans. So I need to add that for people that if you, if you forgot back to the spring, what happened in the tournament? If you forgot, I just want to let people remember Zion is great, but he he, he met his match when he met my boys from East Lansing. But Zion, obviously, John Morant, R.J. Barrett. Uh, Tyler Hero in Miami, I think, is really poised for a big year. P.J. Washington out of Kentucky, who's now with the Hornets. Um, very, very solid uh, young player coming in the league. And as you mentioned, Nick uh, Alexander Walker, really with New Orleans. I think he's got a shot to, shot to shine. Uh, any other rookies, Rod, that uh, folks should be thinking about? Because I think getting them early is key. Getting getting these guys in your lineup and trying to make a little bit of cash with these guys early on is probably key. But any other rookies that are on the horizon that uh, I may have missed out? No, I, I like that set of guys. And I, I was going to highlight um, Alexander Walker and Hero, too, as the, the two. I think Hero would have plenty of uh, opportunity to play, and the minutes will be there for him. 
Um, maybe Kobe White in Chicago, too, is another guy. I said Jackson Hayes before. Uh, and I, I think that's a good enough list to start with, at least, that um, of guys that will have the time, will have the opportunity, and are on good enough teams where they'll be able to make a, a big impact in their first year. For sure. With Kobe White, do you do you have any concerns with that crowded backcourt with Sadoransky and Chris Dunn? I like the talent of the kid, too, like, like you said, but do you have – any concerns about minutes, or do you think uh, Jim Boylan, a good, good guy, I've got to talk to him a couple times, um, do you think Boylan's going to give White the run he needs to be valuable for our DFS players? Yeah, that's a good question because point guard is such a, a difficult position to break in in your rookie year, but Chicago is not threatening to go out there and contend this year or to make the playoffs this year, I don't think. So I think they're just going to let him learn on the fly and do baptism by fire and just give him the minutes and, and see if that really is there. The talent is there and he lives up to that billing as a top 10 pick. Fantastic. Okay. Here comes the fun, the very fun part and the most fun part of this whole initial preseason podcast And people, I want you to go back when we get to uh, April, go back and listen to this first episode, this first season episode and look back and then feel free to get at me at Twitter. I'm at Spartanzilla and just get after me. For these predictions, because I know they're going to go wrong, but I'm going to say them anyway, and I'm going to take a little bit of leap of faith, and I think Rod's going to do the same thing as well. So I'm going to go through a couple of these predictions. You can hold me to them. That's fine. I'm a man of my word, and uh, I want uh, to have a little fun with this here. So I've got, um, for my coach of the year, I've got Mike Malone from Denver. Uh, my rookie of the year, I'm going to say instead of Zion, which everyone thinks is going to be Zion, and it probably will be Zion, I'm going to go with John Morant from Memphis. Uh, my champ in the West, I think they figure it out, and they figure out a way to sneak through. I think the Lakers get out of the West. I think the Philadelphia 76ers get out of the East. And I think my NBA champion is the Philadelphia 76ers. So I don't know what you think about Rod. I don't know if, uh, if you've got any pieces coming out. You may want to hold it for that. But if you want to make any predictions, here's your chance to, to put it on wax, as they would say. No, I think that the coach of the year is is going to be in Brooklyn. I, th- I think they really put all their stuff together and not just become a um, like a, a, a top five team. I think they can be like a top three team in the East. Uh, if they really start to put everything together, that uh, that's where that's going to go. Uh, rookie of the year, I like Moran also. I think he's going to be really dynamic in Memphis and um they don't have a lot that they're shooting for either. So it's, it's still the same sort of thing. They're just going to give him the minutes, give him the time. And he's really going to shine in that spotlight. I don't know about Zion's health. I think he may miss quite a few games and that might take a little bit of the shine off of what he's done. Uh, in the West, I like the Clippers also. I think the, the Lakers have some holes and some big question marks they've got to fill. Uh, LeBron, even if healthy is going to carry a lot of that, but what are the rest of those starting pieces going to do and and can that bench gel enough to be able to keep them in games even after the starters give them a, a good uh good starting games in the east i like milwaukee i think they figure it out i think they um are going to ride Giannis, and he's going to have even a better year than what he had last year the sixers i'm just not convinced that they have the fortitude to be able to put everything together and if you want to say it was a lucky shot in the playoffs last year that that helped them to advance um just what that next piece is and if they can make it to that next level. Horford's certainly going to help them, but are those other pieces? Is Ben Simmons going to take another step up and be a better player on the court around the perimeter too? In 
and the champion I think is going to be the Clippers. I think they're they're going to be so scary when everything fits together. They have guys that can guard Giannis. They have guys that can guard LeBron. So they have the the backcourt defensive pieces. Doesn't matter what kind of star player you have. They have an all defensive team type player who can guard him and a couple of them. And when you look at their front court. So I think that's going to be really hard for teams to overcome is defensively. What do you do when uh, the Clippers put the clamps down on you? So but I think it's going to be a really wild race to get there. And it's going to be fun, as it always is in the NBA. No doubt. No doubt. And can't can't end the podcast without talking about DFS from a DFS perspective. I think um, um, my top DFS score, like if you think on a on a uh, points per game basis for the year, I think it's going to be Anthony Davis. I think that pick and roll with the with him and LeBron is just forget about it. Um, I don't know how you're going to guard that. Although the Clippers will they do have some pieces, as Rod mentioned, but I think Anthony Davis ends up being the top scorer, even in maybe even call it 72 games or whatever he ends up playing. And then the best stacking teams, I think, especially in the early on, Dallas, New Orleans, L.A., the Clippers, and Memphis. Any thoughts on uh, top score and and your your stack, so to speak, Rod? Yeah, if Steph Curry could rebound a little bit more, I think he's just going to have an absolutely monster year with um, taking a lot of that scoring load, especially in the beginning until Klay Thompson comes back. Uh, but I agree that Anthony Davis, because LeBron is going to will it and make it so that <laughs> Anthony Davis is just going to have a ridiculous year. Yeah, I think you can you can you can take some of your extra um, savings and put them into uh, Anthony Davis as, as a, a nightly guy that you look at. And then just um, stacking teams, I agree. I mean, the, the the Luka Doncic and Porzingis thing is going to be really, really intriguing on a night-to-night basis to see um, how many of those guys you can stack together. And, and again, I said Tim Hardaway is a guy I would watch. I'd maybe even lump him in with those guys, too, as a, a low-value proposition there. But, yeah, I agree. Those, those stacking teams that you mentioned are exactly the ones that I'd have, too. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Rod, we have concluded – the preseason edition, actually the NBA season preview for the Fantasy Fast Break, season season two, episode one. Uh, plug anything you've got going on either at the at the paper or with your new podcast, I know, as well. Yeah, it's the Rod and Real podcast. Real is R-E-A-L. Made a little pun there, but uh, just have one episode started it, and this week we'll do the NBA preview and the Pistons preview especially. Uh, with a lot of focus on individual things there. So if you've got that level of interest in the Pistons, um, certainly tune in and subscribe for that. Uh, it's on iTunes now, um, Spotify, all of the major platforms there. Again, it's Rod and Real uh, and Rod Beard. You can catch me on Twitter at Det News, D-E-T News, Rod Beard. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of preview stuff and prepping for the season. That'll be coming out on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Fantastic. And, folks, if you are not following – Mr. Beard on Twitter, you're doing it wrong. You're probably gonna lose money. I'm just gonna keep it to you, keep it real with you right now. <laughs> Follow this man. This man has is has been a helpful and a godsend for a lot of DFS players. So from uh, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much, Rod, for joining us on episode one, uh, season two, the fantasy fast break. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, I appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, certainly appreciate you following me and giving me all the love too. No problem, no problem. All right, guys, we'll check you later. Take it easy. For all it is and worse, planning where I stand, holding on to the spirit of us. Once again, for all it is and worse, planning where I stand, same pants, different shirt. Once again, for all it is and worse, planning where I stand, same pants, different shirt. Once again, for all it is and worse, planning where I stand, same pants, different shirt.
Once again, from all it is and what.